Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I'm Tyler. With me, as always, is Smitty. Rocking that new shirt. I was actually going to get to that in just a second. But be sure to first go follow us on all of our social medias, including all these channels that you listen to the show every week on, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else. We've got a new channel that we started doing several months ago. Um, if you look, search around the 412, we actually have three different channels. Ours is the logo that is Smitty's shirt right now. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can do that. If not, you can go to Smitty's Twitter or our Twitter. We, re- we retweeted it and see what that logo looks like. Um, go follow us there and also go subscribe on YouTube. A lot of draft stuff coming up. It's going to be great. Also, you know, go subscribe to Smitty's YouTube. We, we haven't really shouted that out too much on the show. I think it's just Zachary Smith, PGH. Doing yep. a lot of draft Sick stuff, man. so I wanted to shout out my boy. Um, also, past several months, we've been pushing a lot of GoFundMes. We're going to continue to do so. All of those will be linked in the description of each of the show on the listening platforms and on YouTube itself. And then the last thing, speaking of that shirt, uh, yes. our friend Haley it made a, I, think, I believe it's called Everything Custom Designs. Um, there's a yes. Facebook shop and an Etsy shop. Those will also be linked in the description of the show on all platforms. And you can go and Smitty might be able to clarify this a little more. Um, it's it's more so like as request, like custom T-shirts. And so that's how Smitty yeah. got the around the 412 shirts. Uh, I'm going to get a couple of those myself. But if you want to just shed some more light on that real quick. Yeah. So uh, I, I think actually it started out being like custom stuff for babies clothing when she had her newest baby, Frankie. Um, and she was just like, man, if I'm going to do this, might as well start doing it for other people. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of like on demand stuff. So you say you want something, she'll make it customize it. She's been doing a lot of stuff for like Luke Combs is here in Pittsburgh this upcoming weekend. So making like t-shirts for that. So she does a lot of shirts for concerts. Um, but yeah, she made me this around the 412 one. I know a couple people, like I had two people DM me and ask if they could buy them. So I'm actually going to reach out to and, and people also, she responded because I said, should we bring back the trust the bucking process with everything that's going on with the team? Like vibes are very high right now with the Pirates. We're yeah, going to get into that of course. in a second. And she's like, well, you know where to go if you want to do that. So we might be in the very early stages of reviving a fresh version of the trust the bucking process shirts, which would be awesome. Um, what a throwback. That is kind of honestly, I know that we started the podcast in 2017. I kind of look at the trust the bucking process as really like the start. Of That's where it kicked off, though. I mean, yeah. it was it was whenever we had Shane Boz on and we started getting the, the shirts out to the prospects and everything. That's when it mm-hmm. really started to escalate besides like Sarge and Stubbs and them listening to our show. Other people found us as well. Yeah. Um Speaking of the draft, I do want to mention we will be live by the time you guys are watching or listening to this, probably tonight for the first round of the NFL draft. Me, Tyler, a couple of our friends are also going to be on here reacting to every pick in the first round. Tyler and I are going to have dueling mock drafts and whoever has the least amount of points based off our point system will buy a jersey for the person that we feel like has the best video reaction to the Steelers first round pick. We're also, I'm also going to give away a set of Steelers tickets to somebody that's in the chat during the time. It could be at any time during the draft. So you're going to want to make sure you are there for that. Um, Maybe a couple other random giveaways that I decide to do if the audience is high enough and we're having enough fun in the chat and I get enough Jim beam in me. Um, So we'll see how things are going uh, tonight. By the time you guys are watching and listening to this. Yeah. yeah. Or yesterday, you know, (laughs) <laughs> or it happened yesterday you guys missed the giveaways uh but we will be live for night two as well so really looking forward to the nfl draft i always look forward to uh, listen nothing against day three the first two days i really enjoy day three i think i kind of get sad that it's over i put so much like time and effort into this process studying these guys like figuring out which players i like which ones i want to become Steelers, which ones end up being ravens and Bengals and browns and i have to hate them and all this stuff and then it's over so quickly so it's almost like a a two and a half day christmas that all of a sudden just comes to a very abrupt end but join us for the nfl draft uh we will be live starting at probably 7 50 ish p.m we made the mistake one year of going live around 7 30 and then waited an hour for the first pick to be made so we're not yeah. going to do that we're not going to make that mistake again we're going to go live closer to 8 p.m knowing the first pick won't actually get made until like 8 15 or 820 uh as tyler alluded to go check out all the gofundmes all the links that are in the, the the description of this also for anybody that is interested in um the draft stuff that we've kind of been throwing out there i just did a live show with with Derek bell 
Uh, you guys are probably familiar with him if you are Steelers fans. He's got his own YouTube channel. He went live over there for about two hours just answering questions from people. And the replay, the live replay is going to be on his channel. Um, so you can check that out if you're looking for some pre-draft content during the day as well. If you're catching this before the draft. If not, a lot of it might be irrelevant. So I also might have dropped who I think the Steelers go with in the first round. Oh, okay. Which I'm sticking to that pick for a rolling mock draft. I have to. I feel like I got to remain consistent now at this point. Just a few uh, at this point hours out from the NFL draft. Right, right. What time, by the way, should we? I feel like we need to each of us tweet out from like the around the four one two our two mock drafts just so they're solidified. Yeah. Everybody can. See I would them. say There's seven no p.m. One hour before seven the draft. p.m. Okay, yeah. sounds good. I I have I have mine basically what I feel like I may go with as my final version already saved in pro football networks mock draft simulator um i don't think any any information okay let's talk about we'll just go with the steelers first and the pirates can close out the show because there's more stuff to talk about the pirates i feel like the steelers is just like oh draft is here uh but with the steelers pick nothing that is said from this point on is going to change my mind like nothing within the last 48 hours should change anybody's mind about where the team is going uh former gm of the atlanta falcons thomas dimitrov was talking about this and it's like and, and he was a former GM, so he's obviously been in these conversations and knows what people are talking about. Anything that is said within that last like weekish leading up to the draft is garbage. There's absolutely no truth to it. The, the, all the talk now has been one, like the Texans going defense. That might have been a conversation that beat this timeline because that could have been the case the entire time. So I'm not saying that for that. But what I will say it about is Paris Johnson going as high as three. I don't believe that. Because I yeah. think I think that's a case of a team within like that seven or eight range, maybe trying to throw something out there or the Cardinals themselves throwing it out there to try to get somebody to move up to three. I think that that's just a, a smoke screen, if you will, being thrown out there. If that were the case, we would have heard about this well before the last 48 hours before the draft. And that was his point. Like that gets leaked well before <laughs> when it has, if that's the case. Yeah, I I don't I don't see that at all. Um I mean looking at the Cardinals, I just don't think that's a move that they would make. And then if it's the bait to try to get somebody up, I guess that makes sense. But realistically looking at Paris Johnson or just tackle in general, I, I think that the the ceiling for how high they should start is probably pick six at most. Yeah, and then I said, you can I said move seven. on down from there. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that Detroit Las Vegas range is where you could see the first one taken. Um, and part of that is just going back to what kind of Jake talked about. Like, it could and he actually tweeted, Oh, well, it if out, it's Detroit, I think it's Skaronsky. That's what like, I mean. Not necessarily. And that's why I was, I it clarified to like tackles in general, not just Paris Johnson Jr. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's very realistic that like the Raiders could take Paris Johnson Jr. Um, I think it's super realistic. And then where I think I would have him if someone's going to take him within the top 10, that the Bears take him. Um, yeah. but, but anywhere near three, I, I, I think that's a lot of smoke. And, and then that's, and honestly with, with the, with the Texans pick, just because you mentioned it, I mentioned yesterday in our, our live draft, go check that out. If a lot you of haven't, fun, yeah. Um, that with it, just within the past week, I have seen articles talking about CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Tyree Wilson, and Will Anderson all to the Texans at two, just I within like the past, like four days. Mm-hmm. And and all of them could be realistic, but no, not all of it is also smoke. That's your the last week of the draft. You're going to get the most rumors whatsoever from the whole pre-draft process. Which kind of so, which kind of makes me think they're not set on making that pick. Which could be insane if they move out of two. Like this, it, this draft in general is crazy because it's like. We feel pretty good about Bryce at one, and then what? <laughs> I mean, where else can you say, yeah, that's that's what the pitch going to be? Like, this thing could turn on its head. We said the draft's not going to start until probably 8.15, 8.20. By 8.30, this thing could be totally off the rails. Yeah, like, I mean, we, we in our on our live draft, and we kind of talked about it, seeing four quarterbacks going in, the, like, the top five picks, that's a very realistic option. Or could but when I one, think about it, like... <laughs> I think it could just be one or yeah. two in the top 10 picks honestly i could i can make the case where there's only probably like two quarterbacks taken and you mentioned the texans moving out we've we've talked about like the colts moving up to three what if the colts just moved up to two and got their guy 
and instead and, yeah. and jump that third spot. What, as my well. question would be: Do that? Does that happen within the division? Would the Texans let the Colts go up to get their? It might drive the price up more. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I think just to circle back to the Paris thing real quick, though, another part of that to me is I I really do like Paris Johnson as a as a tackle prospect. I don't view him as the type of tackle prospect that is like getting that type of draft capital invested in him. I don't view any tackle prospect in this class like that. But I think what it is, is you look at the tackle class and say, okay, which one of these guys is going to play left tackle immediately in the NFL? And it's Paris Johnson Jr. And then who? And I don't know that it's anybody else. So I don't know that that smoke, if it say it is true, let, let's, let's, let's believe the smoke screen for a second. I think it's not so much about Paris as a player. It's about the quality of the tackle class in believing where those guys are going to be on Sundays. Cause I think there's a lot of right tackles and I think there's a lot of potential left tackles down the line, but not from day one. Yeah. And then that's why, I mean, spoiler alert, if you're going back to watch the pre-draft process, I had the Steelers. I traded up to nine with Jake to to take the the Bears pick, and I took Paris Johnson Jr. And part of my reasoning was like, if you're going to trade up for a tackle, that's the only one that you could take and trade up for that I, I think is justifiable because everyone else, I'd rather just sit at 17 and see what comes to you because after Paris Johnson Jr., you're looking at a bunch of right tackles that you're decided between. I don't think any of those guys are coming in and playing left tackle from day one. He's the only one that has the capability of doing so. So that's why if if that's the pick, um, that that should be the first tackle off the board because of that reasoning. He can play the most pivotal position unless you are Miami. Um, <laughs> but I, I I think that I don't think the Steelers are going to trade up for him. I, when I'm the more that I've thought about it, I, I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of talk that they could, and they've talked with well, it was the Bears. That almost and the makes Titans. you feel like it's less likely. The fact that it's like just so believed That's, that it's going to happen. I just I just don't. And, and you mentioned it last night they, that they've been saying who they want if they're trading up. That doesn't. I, I just I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I think the Steelers are going to stay at 17 and just kind of see what what falls into their lap. I I'd say I can't say what I think because we're going against each other, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it I, I just don't see it really happening because there's only one guy that I'd move up for at the, at that position and and that's him. Bet- between that, I mean, one of the ones the, the tackle that I would take at 17 if Paris Johnson Jr was not there, uh, people are going to argue you could probably get at 32 and that's Anton Harrison. So, the, I I think my opinion might be just skewed a little bit based off of who I like at the tackle draft. But even same thing with like corner because we know we, we mentioned like if a corner starts to slide could they could they trade up to take like a Christian Gonzalez again I'm not giving up the capital that it'll take to, to and, that, go get and that's corner, the conversation especially that, because the corners they're they're a lot deeper in this class than most of the other positions and yeah. I would be happy taking someone like a Deontay Banks Joey Porter Jr or anyone else in that range than rather than giving up the extra draft capital that you have and trading up. That that's a conversation that Derek and I had too, because we had a bunch of people asking about moving up. And it's like on the surface, your immediate reaction, at least for me, you and with him, it was as well, is no, because of the perceived draft capital it would take to do so. But you what if you're in a situation where it's like you look at the the move the Lions made last year because of like just not a great great draft class and or at least at the time it didn't look like it was going to be. That's how people are actually viewing this one now. But the Lions to go from 32 to 12 didn't take much. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a situation where the Steelers are the only team trying to move up and the team that they're trying to trade up with is like hell bent, hell bent on getting out of that pick, maybe it doesn't cost as much. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it just takes like a third rounder or something like pick 80 to move up to get one of these tackles that slid or something. Sure. Sign me up. But if you're talking about getting into a bidding war where you're including a second rounder this year, a future second rounder or something like that, another pick down the line, anything like that type of haul, then no, then I am out because, and I think the Steelers would be too, based off the fact that they like this cornerback class. They've made it very clear that they do. They brought in seven for pre-draft visits out of their top 30 that they can use. I mean, they've made it very clear in my mind that they don't, if they don't get one at 17, they like a group of guys at 32. They like a group of guys at 49. They could like a group at eight. Like down the board, there are guys that they mm-hmm. like in each round. 
So I don't think that they're going to feel like, okay, we got to take one at 17 or we got to move up to get one to secure one of these guys. Yeah, and I, I think that they should feel that way in some respect at tackle too, um, just because you do have that 30-second pick. And like I said, there's, there's guys that per- perceived could be there at 32 that I would be willing to take. Like I mentioned, Harrison. I mean, I, I think whether it is corner or tackle, and I feel like, are we just like throwing out any other position? It, it's probably going to be one the of one those that two. I will. I, I could see something along the defensive line it, in like a break the glass worst like case scenario where we saw uh, or Lucas Van Ness. I'll even throw Nolan Smith in there. Like if we see three corners go. Or four corners go, I should say, because I, I really do believe that they like all, all four of those guys at the top. I think they have Porter Jr. and Deontay Banks probably pretty close. If mm-hmm. all four of those guys go, I don't even know what to think of Skaronsky within that tackle group. So I'm saying I've got written him out. I, and I that yeah, might I'm be wrong about in my case. Harris and Darnell Wright. So say like that group of seven is gone, and that's like a worst case scenario for the Steelers, I think. I think then at that point you're talking about a, a Lucas Van Ness or a Nolan Smith, uh, Brian Brzee. So I think defensive mm-hmm. tackle could be the the one that's in play kind of if it's not tackle or cornerback. If you were asking me to pick a third spot, that's that's where I would be looking. Yeah, because at that point, I mean, there would have to be a huge run of tackles, a huge run of corners. I w- that would be interesting to see if that was the way it played out, what the quarterback draft was looking like too. Because, I mean, you're expecting at least four would, quarterbacks Tennessee, to be taken Tennessee before Tennessee probably 17. would have had to move from 11. They probably could have gotten one at 11. You could just say Levis. <laughs> <laughs> Levi. Yeah, Will Levi. I don't know. It's I, I have a tough time because, I mean, I'm not going to say whether I think the Colts are going to move up or not, but I do think they're going to take one regardless. Oh, they and, have to. And... I have a tough time deciding, and I'm not asking you which one you're going to say because we're competing each other, but I have a tough time deciding whether it's going to be Levis or Richardson. And yes, that's a spoiler that I rolled out Richardson for the Texans, but... Well, I, you I, also I, just rolled out Stroud for the Colts. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you're, giving me, you're giving me too much insight into what your draft's looking like. That's um, fine. I'm probably going to lose anyway. So I'm accepting that already. The one thing, and I, I'm putting you on the spot because Derek put me on the spot. If you got three guesses, not for the first round, just in general, three names, possibilities, best chances to be Pittsburgh Steelers by the end of the draft, which three names would you throw out there? Hmm. Okay. Um. Man, this is tough um, because now I have to think about just not just 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll say um, if if we say any on. of the same three, I'll be I'll be impressed. I, I This is terrible podcasting, but I need to look up like. I need to look up players. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to find like their pre-draft. Uh-uh. Well, uh, kind of. They I'm have just... a lot. They have a, they've shown a lot of interest in a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, I'll say... I don't know if I should say 17 because, like, who I think will be 17. I said one guy. Probably... I said one guy that would have to go in round one for sure. All right. Um, I think it's Darnell Wright. It just feels okay. like it's going to be a pick. That's not the tackle I said, but I like it. I think okay. that that just feels like one. Yeah, I said Broderick um, in that one. Okay. See, I just don't know if Broderick's going to be at seventeen. Right. I mean, maybe they trade up for Broderick. I don't know. Yeah, that would that would be that scenario. Okay. Okay. Um. And if that's the case, I don't know which one. I'm I'm looking at position. I mean, it's the two positions we've been talking about. Um, spoiler alert. Um, I but I'm looking at outside of the top four. 
I look at the next few guys and I'm looking at like Emmanuel Forbes, Cam Smith, and Keely Ringo. I feel like okay. Cam Smith is going to be a first round pick, so I think he's going to be gone. And then I think there's a chance that we're Smith or Forbes. I feel like I both could be, neither could be, but I feel like at least one of them is going to be. And I feel like Keely Ringo is <laughs> there's a very good possibility that he's a stealer. Um, I said Julius Brents, but I thought about okay. Ringo. Okay. And then well, I, the I like last Julius one Brent. is on the defensive line. The defensive line? Yes. Um, well, if I'm, if I'm picking the same position, there's two guys that I'd look at um, right now. One plays for Wisconsin. The other plays for USC. Okay. Um, and I would say Keanu Benton just because the Steelers don't like the West Coast. Keanu Benton. And that's the one I feel the best about. Wisconsin. Oh, so we agreed on that one. Keanu Benton coming from Wisconsin. Wisconsin is defensive scheme is very similar to the Steelers. That's what everybody says. They're the college versions defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's why you see them take guys from there quite regularly from that defense. Um, and they seem like Keanu, Keanu, if you were just, I could have said all three along the defensive line, Keanu Benton, Gervon Dexter, Mozzie Smith. I think one of those guys is a stealer after this weekend, but I wanted yeah. to diversify my positions. So that's why I went the route that I did on his show. But, uh, I was just interested to see what you said. And, uh, yeah, Keanu Benton, I feel the most strong about, like if I was asked to name one player, that's it. Keanu Benton would be my pick. And I'm curious as to what type of I, that would probably to me be 49. Hopefully it wouldn't be 32, but I don't know. Yeah, I would hope it was 49. He's a really good player, though. I also don't know which one, but I have a, I have a weird feeling that one of their top four picks could be a tight end. And I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know that everybody's on the board on board with me, but I would love it. This tight, well, assuming it's not like somebody that I wouldn't take within the first four rounds, but assuming it's part of like this tight end class everybody's talking about that's so good. No, yeah. like, like instead of instead of defensive line, or say they do go. To, uh, actually, no, they can't skip out on corner. I feel like they can't, they can't do that. Um, but I was gonna say maybe what if they took like Sam Laporta at forty nine instead of instead of Benton or another I, defensive lineman. I don't know what I'm going to I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens because I'll be that excited. Yeah, this tight end class is really good. I think it makes sense. And I don't know if this guy also, hold on. Let me see. Did the Steelers meet with him? Did the Steelers meet with Jordan Battle? Um, Uh, I don't see him. Okay. Well, never mind. I was going to say, just looking at the types of players, um, I feel like Jordan Battle could be one if he was there at 80, only because I'm looking to fill in a role that Terrell Edmonds leaves. Mm. Yeah, no, they didn't. And, he, and, he, and he, plays, he plays similar in terms of like being good in the run game and, and playing in the box well. So, yeah. I, maybe that's not even really in their radar, though. It might not I be. Know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just looking. Like adding Keanu Neal, I, maybe they just feel like that's. Yeah, and that that's me ma- mainly looking at, okay, this player left. How can I mimic that player? Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but anyways, yes, join us uh, round one and round two and three of the NFL draft. We will be live here with some of our friends just watching along, doing some giveaways throughout it. And uh, yes, send us our your best video reaction of the Steelers round one pick. And you uh, can win a jersey if it's our favorite reaction. And the person buying that jersey will be determined by whoever has the least amount of points between Tyler and I's first round mock drafts. Uh, switching over to talk about the Pirates. I'm very pleasantly surprised to report First on this, by the way, breaking news. I knew about it two days before it happened. I just didn't put it out there. Uh, that Brian Reynolds and the Pirates have agreed to an eight-year, $106.75 million extension, including an option for 2031 uh, for $20 million or a $2 million buyout. No opt-out. 
a six-team modified uh, no trade. Total value could be up to 122.75. Uh, this is amazing to me. I mean, just as I keep going back to that video of that clip that we talked about, um, before the season started or no, it was when the season started, but before the home opener, when it seemed like there was some progress on it, but he was looking for the opt out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I literally feel this way still today that getting that extension done was the biggest move moving forward for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That they've made that they they had to make this move in my opinion. It sets a precedent for future guys, the O'Neill Cruises, the Andy Rodriguez's, the hopefully Dylan Cruz in the very near future, uh, Tamar Johnson. These guys, you have something to work towards. Like this payday is possible in Pittsburgh. And granted, Brian certainly wanted to be here. He took less than he could have gotten on the open market to make it work. I think that obviously in order to make it work that had to happen. And we knew he was going to have to concede some there on the financial to make it work. But this is just totally like a changing of the guard and a culture shift. We're just watching it take place in real time. Like a legit top, I don't know, 10 outfielder in baseball, top 10, at least at his position, mm -hmm. wanted to be in Pittsburgh and wanted to see through something special. He's already established himself here. I, I tweeted about this, but like you see these takes, oh, Brian Reynolds needs to fire his agent. Like, listen, I'm all about players getting as much money as possible if that's what they want to do. But I also totally respect when a guy who's already built something somewhere decides he wants to see the process through because he feels like something special is happening there. And that's it just feels so good to be a Pirates fan right now. And I absolutely, along with everybody else, cannot believe that those words just came out of my mouth on the show. But that's where we are <laughs> in 2023. Yeah, and you know that's something that you and I talked about preseason. We thought, okay, it, it, it hasn't gotten done. We don't even know if it's going to get done at all at this point. Oh, there was a we point where it, I thought this was his last season. Like maybe yeah, it, it, the deadline. It's, more, it's a higher possibility that he's either going to move to the deadline or move to the next offseason, and he's not going to be a pirate anymore. And this completely turns on that. And you know what's funny is, is like, so the Pirates, we didn't even mention this. Um, so last week when we recorded, they were on – they had won game three of that seven-game winning streak the night we were recording. Mm -hmm. um, but then they lose their first game against the Dodgers on Tuesday – or no, yeah, Tuesday night. Um, Still so, waiting to in their last time. Yeah, and so what does Mr. Nutting do to cheer us all up is is, <laughs> is leaks the the uh, credentials for Smart. the trade. Yeah, it, I, I think it was, it was really just shy away from the loss. Here, have something else. And it was an extension for Reynolds. I mean, this is great. Like you said, this sets a precedent for all future prospects in the Pirates organization. It shows that you can get a contract here. If, if, if you are willing to work and play well and play up to what you're capable to, you can be rewarded for it. And you're not just going to be shipped off like the narrative is for for basically any Pirates fans narrative. Or not not really Pirates fans, but the, the notion around baseball towards the Pirates is like, you get good and then they don't pay you and they trade you. This shows you, especially with like the no opt out, that like you can oh, yeah. be in Pittsburgh for a long time and they reward you with it. And so I, I think like like the next ones I'm looking at are Cruz and Keller. I think Keller probably is the number yeah, one. Yeah, the reason me. I didn't throw Keller in there is I was looking at guys that could stretch that like eighty to a hundred. Like I don't see Keller as getting that yeah. type of money, but yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Fair point to throw him in like. Because he's probably the next one that you're looking at to extend. Yeah, no, that that is the next one I'm looking at. I mean, obviously, Cruz would be deserving of it um, at some point, but Keller's been here, and we've seen the progression that Keller and the work that he's put in to get to the point that he is right now, and I, I think that deserves a reward as well. Um, but but I, I just, whenever that news dropped, I mean, I just saw somebody tweet Reynolds. <laughs> and I, I I immediately searched through for what was going on, and it was mm -hmm. the trade detail or not trade details. The the contract details, trade details would have been much more yeah. depressing. Different yeah, sorry, sorry, Yankees fans. Um, <laughs> but the the contract and and the fact that he's going to be here, I I can't even put it into words. Like, well, now yeah, I can buy his jersey and feel comfortable about it. But also just like 
I just feel way better about the Pirates organization. And I don't want to say like I have full trust in the in the entire organization now, but this has taken such a load off of a lot of fans' shoulders, I feel like, because you've never really been able to trust the team probably for the last like five-ish years or so, ever since we started trading away like Cole and McCutcheon, which like at the right at, at that time, it it was definitely felt like the right thing to do to try to get into a place that you want to be as an organization. You have to like recoup yourself. But I felt like a lot of the fan base lost the trust in the organization. And that's especially whenever everybody was driving home the nutting stuff and sell the yeah. team, not my mm-hmm. owner, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like obviously this doesn't like it doesn't help all the wounds that were created, but this is a huge step. I mean, bringing back Kutch was one thing. Then we get this a month later. I mean, what, what's the next thing? I Like you said, it's probably a Keller extension, but I, I feel like this well, is just not only great PR move, smart baseball move as well, and it's showing that this team believes that they're not going to be bad forever, that they, <laughs> they think that they're going to t- contend. Because if that's genuinely what they thought, he would have been shipped off. And so the fact that they're able to extend him that shows that the pirates are in a situation where they think that they're going to be good. Um, and they have been playing well this season, whether it, it turns out to be this season or not, they, they get back to the postseason. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be a little early, way earlier than expected, but I think that they're showing like, Hey, we, we believe in this team. We believe that this team and this core can get us back to the postseason. And this, this is us showing that we believe in this core as well. And that's, that's like a fresher breath of fresh air because, for a while it didn't seem like there was any hope that this was going to be done well that's the way so that's where to me it comes in like this is an all-around good deal like I, i mentioned the reasons that i thought it was in terms of setting a precedent for guys that are now looking to like chase that payday down the line like okay you have something to work towards but also how about how it makes the guys on the current team feel like oh like all of a sudden you're looking at it like wow okay they're committing to this being a thing right now like they feel like this team is ready to go whether it's like okay obviously i don't know that they're totally there yet like we're mentioning like spoiler alert i don't want to like rain on anybody's parade i'm enjoying this as much as everybody right now uh they're probably overachieving a little bit right now i think that's fair to say Yeah. yeah so uh, but just when you look at the MLB roster and you see a guy on the roster, like t- totally break the mold for what the pirates have done as an organization, this is $106 million. This is the first contract they've handed out worth more than what 70 with Hayes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a yeah. far cry from that gap between first and second. Like this is totally breaking the mold for the organization and this, that's your teammate. So that shows you where this team feels like they are. Like, so I think that this is just all around good for everybody. And it just totally changes the mood of how you feel for the rest of 2023, as well as going forward. Uh, Maybe they are, you know, a little bit further along than we thought, because you bring in the veterans that you've gotten from McCutcheon and Santana and Connor Joe, the way these guys have performed from a pitching perspective. Like, I know we like, like to harp on, but it's not like Rich Hill has been terrible. He's had some actually quality starts within this. Uh, Vince Velasquez has been a really nice surprise in Oviedo, man. If he keeps pitching the way that he has, it's going to be hard for me to continue to hate that Quintana deal as much as I did last year when they moved him. So, um, just all around good things right now to your point though, you brought up like what's next in terms of an extension, Bob nutting at the press conference did like mention this. And that's why it's like, okay, Time to put your money, literally, where your mouth is because Store he said <laughs> he feels like this is kind of like just getting started on extensions. Like they still have a lot of work to do. This is just the beginning. That That's not exactly the wording that he used, obviously, but something along those lines. Um, I look at the team and I'm like, man, who could he possibly be talking about? Like Mitch Keller to me is really the only one that like jumps off the page. I feel like O'Neill Cruz the motivation for an extension there would be totally from the team. And it'd be because you're probably trying to like buy low. Like right now he's injured yeah. and he also has come nowhere close to like what you feel like he can be as a player. So they'd probably be trying to lock him up well under what they expect the market value to be down the line. Mitch Keller's the only one I'm circling like, okay, this is the one that I could see happening between now and first pitch of the 2024 season. 
Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's not a case of uh, necessarily an extension. That Bednar would, would be think. interesting. That's what I was about to say. I think Bednar might be more so buying out arbitration years than actually mm-hmm. like giving an extension. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, 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 kind of like how, Re- like, the, like yeah, like the Reynolds, it was technically, it was an extension, but they was really buying out his arbitration years to a certain number. I feel like mm-hmm. Bednar could be the case um, with, with that, but he's so awesome. Bes- besides that, there's not really anybody that stands out. And yeah, the, the cruise one would be, it would feel a little premature. Like, obviously, you expect it to come at some point, but I just don't feel like he is been up here long enough to really get that get to that point yet um because i i, I mean maybe it, that's what your, i'm saying i feel point, like you're like, trying to get maybe him it's on just like... the organizational like buying low um yeah. which, which I, I don't do you i mean do you even think he would agree to that <laughs> I, I, I i don't, don't know it's so. so hard to say because but you've seen players like on that first contract, whether it be like look at Marte's first deal or Polanco's first deal, even McCutcheon's first year wasn't much. Like, and then I look at around the league and I see like Ozzy Albies, the contract he has with the Braves. Like, it all just depends. I mean, I don't know that money's the main motivation there. These guys also haven't seen that type of money ever. Like, so it's possible yeah. that he would, but I'm just like forecasting, man, this guy assuming everything clicks for him is going to have a much larger payday down the line. It does feel a bit premature from his side to me. If I'm the team, I have no problem investing in him right now, what it would probably take. But if I'm him, I'm not signing an extension right now whatsoever, because I want it. I want to have the type of season that I know I can have. I want to have a, you know, 30, 30 type season, which he's capable of having, before even thinking about negotiating a contract extension. Yeah. You know, after after tonight, I mean, Jason DeLay might as well negotiate a contract <laughs> extension. So, so I feel bad because I didn't respond to his text because like, I was jumping from doing the thing with Derek right into recording this, but Sarge texted me and said, I don't mean to alarm you, but Jason DeLay is slashing 368, 415, 533. I t- hey, what did I say? I, what was that? Like two, three weeks ago, I said, that's my number one catcher. I understand Hedges is really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're giving up a little bit there. But I think you're giving up a lot with a bat, with the way that Jason Delay has been swinging it, and I don't know that that's sustainable. But it's it's fun while we have it, yeah. And so is winning. I mean, the Pirates have won seven <laughs> out of their last eight games. Also, I, I I don't even know what to make of Jiwan Bay, like what he can add to this team, because it's like, man, the gaffes that he's been making defensively are just maddening lately. But if he gets on base, he's getting the third. Like automatically, <laughs> he, it might as well be a triple if he gets an infield single. Yeah. So I, I just I, I think that there's value there for sure at the major league level, but it's just been really hard to throw him out there every single day. Watch him at some point mess up in the field, and then maybe go like one for four at the plate. Like, I, so there's value somewhere within there. It's just a really hard evaluation to what exactly he's bringing to the team. Yeah, he. I feel like he's he's really good at making the the really flashy plays, and that's what everybody really th- jumps at towards his fandom. But then they kind of just kind of uh, overall ignore a lot of the bad that's going on, and they focus on the the flashiness that he's he's shown. He's yeah, very inconsistent. I, it feels like that must be it. But um, the last thing I want to talk about with the Pirates is we've talked about this. I feel like at nauseum over the last few seasons in terms of Derek Shelton feeling like he's not like, he's a good manager for a club that as they get to where they want to be, but then when they get there, is he going to be able to be the guy because of a lot of his like managerial decisions, just not seeming to press the right buttons when it comes to managing the bullpen. Um, some of the lineup decisions, even though like you got to have obviously the guys to put together a lineup, neither here nor there. He gets an extension. Now, as far as I know, we still have absolutely no clue how long the extension is. We just know his contract doesn't run out after 2023 like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I want to get a, a heat check in where you're at with this because obviously the team is playing really well right now. So it'd be very easy to just have like a in-the-moment reaction and say, well, yeah, the team is playing really well right now. So how can you not want to extend the manager? I am still very skeptical if he's the right guy. Um, 
but it's just so hard because genuinely he seems like a great guy. I mean, he's embraced Pittsburgh from a community perspective. He's always wearing, you know, the t-shirts to support different causes around the city. Uh, very touching video with, with Drew Maggie when he got called up and then obviously yeah. his uh, appearance today to officially become a major league baseball player. Um, he seems like a really good guy. I am still very curious as to how he's going to manage a team and I understand they're playing really well right now, but manage a team that has like those goals, those aspirations is supposed to be playing the way that they are right now and is a legit contender. I don't know what that is. So I don't necessarily have a problem with them extending him. I just, I'm still not like 100% certain that he's the guy just based off of, you know, this small sample size. Yeah. And I think whenever you look at what he took over, it makes sense why the team was so bad um, for the for the first yeah. few seasons of the a long way to go. Yeah. regime. Yeah, he he really took over a sinking ship and had had to fix it. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what you're seeing with this season is compared to those previous rosters, this team is a lot more full. They have a lot more depth at each position, and so. Granted, even though they're playing probably a, uh, ahead of schedule and, and they're they're overplaying what they should be right now, I, I think that it, it would have improved this year regardless, just because of the roster. Now, I don't I don't know that they'd be seventeen and what are we seventeen and eight? I think, um, but you know, I, I I do think that it would have righted itself. However, I do think that. Um, not necessarily that he deserves the extension, but I'm fine with the extension. I, I think that he hasn't really done anything to, for me to not really warrant it. Um, but I, I don't think that he has not done anything to to give it to him either. He's yeah. just kind of he's kind of there. It was going to expire at the end of the season, and so I think like, that's the thing. Do you really, really want to go into next season not having a manager? And I feel like you're just in the position where you kind of had to extend them regardless yeah. of the situation, unless it was, you were going to really be doing super bad this year. And you're, you're talking like three straight 100 loss seasons, mm -hmm. which obviously that shouldn't be the case. Um, then you can move on from him. But the, the fact that they do have this turnaround, this, this good like month and a half of baseball that they've had so far, I, I, I feel like then it makes sense but I also don't know, like you said, whether he's going to be the manager when this team is really trying to contend. And there's things that we mentioned in the past that you talked about, his management of the lineup, some of his deployment decisions um, on, on, on certain days. Like It, it kind of drives me nuts when he decides to sit people for certain matchups, even though uh, I, I guess matchups make sense sometimes, but it doesn't really matter to me. Just play your best players. Also, like the bullpen, sometimes his deployment of pitchers in certain situations can be skeptical. All this to say, like, he hasn't really done anything not to deserve it, but he hasn't really done anything to deserve it either. And I think that the Pirates are making the decision mainly because he was going to be uh, running out of his tenure at the end of 2023. So that's that's what really makes sense to me. I don't really care either way at this point. Yeah, I think well, what I was about to say is I think the unfortunate part, not like unfortunate, but like, I guess I just wish that his contract already was through 2024 unless I mean, maybe it was just a one year extension because like I, I don't I wouldn't want to extend him, you know, two or three years into that window because if they're if they're already where they're at right now, like say this is legit where they are. Now you're committing to him being the manager of this team for a few years. I mean, and they could fire him. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. it, then it just becomes a question: Are they going to fire him and pay another manager? Yeah. And it's just so yeah. that's why I just I wish his contract original originally I just shook my camera there uh, just went through twenty twenty four. That's all I was getting at. Yeah, it, it's it's not really a needle mover for me. It's interesting yeah. that it happened, but doesn't really change anything in my view of the team. Yeah, just I mean, hey, listen, it's it's. Great for him. Great to see people get extended. I'd rather see people getting extended for doing these types of things than getting fired and people losing their jobs. So everything is coming up pirates right now. Still in first place, despite that uh, loss that we mentioned to the, which by the way, up seven to two in that game and end up losing eight, seven. But Horrible. I feel like they were kind of due for one of those losses with everything was going a little bit too good. Yeah. I mean, you're one seven in a row. I mean, yeah, Holderman had been dancing through raindrops every appearance, it seemed like, this year. 
So like he was due to give up one. And who was it that hit? Was it Chris Taylor that got him? Or was it? Yeah, because Mookie's the one that got robbed by Sawinski. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I mean, it's the Dodgers. So it sucks yeah. to blow a lead. But if you're going to blow a lead to a team, at least make it a good one. Hopefully they can take the series uh, afternoon game. So you don't have to worry about it interfering with the uh, NFL draft tomorrow night. They play at 1235, which means a lot of you might not even have listened or watched this by the time that the game has gone on. Who knows? I don't know when people watch or listen. They, people don't watch or listen to this anyway. So what am I talking about? Yeah. And then <laughs> starting, it will start probably the day before we record next week's episode. Clash of the Titans. The Pirates are playing the Rays. World Series preview. Yep. In between and the, the Nationals this week. Nationals over the weekend. Yeah. Maybe we'll see another sweep. Who knows? Really, I, I am looking forward. They got the Rays and Blue Jays back to back, and I will be at one of those Blue Jays games. That's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to that. First uh, free shirt Friday of the season. They don't do them every Friday home game now. They do them one Friday a month. Bro, what the so. heck? is? Are, are, did we move to the AL for like two weeks? We got the Rays and then the Blue Jays. The Rockies well, they, are sandwiched. The schedules now, you play every whole... team. So, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, still, this is like AL weeks because they're playing the Rays and then they play the Blue Jays. The Rockies are sandwiched in between th- those and the Orioles and then the Tigers. Yeah, and then they got the Rangers and Mariners after the Diamondbacks. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? Going into a lot of the rest of spring, basically, is a lot of AL. They played the A's at the beginning of June. Yeah. Which, what, what they're moving to Vegas? I, they're I they're, they're I getting know. a stadium in Vegas? I know. And apparently, and apparently Salt Lake City is filing to get a team in Salt Lake, and it's going to be like near my sister's house. From a scenic perspective, great location. Can they get the fan base there? See, I, I've discussed this with people in Utah. I okay. think they can get the fan base there. I'm legitimately asking. I'm not saying like I'm not doubting it. I was. Yeah. I, I I think they can get the fan base there. I mean, Salt Lake City is a huge metro area. Granted, the population, and I've talked about this, like the population of Utah, and we're, we're I'll, I'll just say this for Pittsburgh or like Pennsylvania purposes, it's like three times smaller than Pennsylvania. Does not feel like it in the slightest. It feels like it's way bigger than Pennsylvania because of how crowded everybody is. I mean, the mm-hmm. Salt Lake Valley, just just the valley is the size of Beaver County. Beaver County has about 150,000-ish people, 160,000 people. The Salt Lake Valley has like 1.2, 1.3 million in it. I mean, it is packed. I do think that they can have a fan base there. I mean, Utah loves sports. I've always said that I, I think it would be harder for an NFL franchise to go into Salt Lake City than it would be for a baseball franchise to go into Salt Lake City. Because if you are a fall sports team, especially NFL football, you are competing competing with BYU and Utah. And I, I hate to break it to whatever NFL team would move there. I am confident in saying you would be and the you're third playing biggest. On Sundays. You would be the third biggest team. I am very confident in saying that. Yeah, you're playing on Sundays too. A portion of your fan base wouldn't go, <laughs> but baseball. I do. I do think there's a demographic for baseball. There, there are baseball fans there. The Salt Lake Bees are currently there. Oh um, yeah, that's Angels, right? Yeah. So Trout um, played there. Trout did play there. Uh, my my aunt got to see Trout play, but I, I I do think that there's there's a good chance that and, and honestly honest honestly I think that it would look great too. I saw the the concept that they made of the stadium it's going it would go in a town called daybreak which is literally where my sister lives so okay uh anything else interesting stuff no um this is our shortest show in a couple weeks so let's just get out of here (laughs) uh once again bunch of gofundme links and and stuff like that in the description please check them all out uh the isla keen fund the lamasters family fund um Am I forgetting anything as far as? Uh, we're going to be posting Haley's links for the well, yeah. That, I, I, mean, I just meant the GoFundMe oh, stuff. GoFundMe's, I believe that's yeah. it. Okay. And then we have the everything custom designs, and as well, it's not in the links, but we've talked about it every show. The Dalton King golf outing, um, held at Blackhawk Golf Golf Course on 
Is it May, May 13th? 13th? Yep, coming up. 2 p.m. And I don't... Are they done taking teams? It was $100 for a foursome, but... Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I okay. talked to... I just got my hair cut a couple days ago, and uh, Christian was telling me that he was playing in it, and he thought that the spots were full, so... Okay, okay. So. so at this point, yeah, you just be coming to hang out and uh, eat and drink with us. Hang out. Still sounds like know? a pretty good time. But uh, yeah, thank you for tuning into this program. Uh, hit up Haley with everything custom designs if you would like to. She might, I mean, she could probably make you this exact same shirt that I'm wearing right now if you really want to get one and rep around the 412. I, but stay tuned on the trust the button process stuff because I would love to make that happen because I think we're all kind of riding a high with where the pirates are right now and people are starting to trust the button process. So stay tuned with that. Join us along with uh, some of our friends Thursday, Friday. For the NFL draft rounds one, two, and three will be live for all of those. Going to have some giveaways during them. Reminder to send us a video reaction to their first round pick positively or negatively, whatever we find to be the best one, literally along the same the spectrum. It could be a super angry reaction that we find hilarious, or it could be a super positive one that we find hilarious. Whatever it might be, we will determine which one is the best one and you will win a jersey of that first round pick. So it's going to be even funnier if we pick somebody that's really upset about the pick and then gets that person's Jersey. Uh, but yes, yeah, so tune in for that. Follow us everywhere at around the four one two. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, like our Facebook page as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a like, hit that notification bell. So, you know, when we go live, that will be useful as well for going live for the draft because it's not something that we would like. It's not a typical show or video. Like, so we're going to be going live and you guys will get a notification for that leave us a five-star review leave us a comment down below really helps us grow the channel as tyler always mentions we got a different channel going on right now so if you're not already familiar with that our link tree um is on my page it's also on around the 412's page literally has every platform in there it's also on tyler's page i wasn't sure that's why i didn't say that but confirmed now per sources it is there too uh and it gives you all of our platforms and stuff and you can subscribe so be sure to do that. Other than that, we will see you guys when we see you for Tyler, for Smitty. This is around the 412, and we'll see you hopefully tonight for the NFL draft.